Alright, so hello. Welcome to Supercharged, a podcast where we give you the scoop on the latest news hitting the games industry and break it all down for you. Featuring Lane Hubenak. That's me. And Noah Anzel Duo. So Lane, why don't you tell them about who you are, what you what you know about gaming. Gotcha. So like you said, my name's Lane Hubenak. I've been gaming pretty much my whole life, uh, almost a whole 21 years at this point. Um... As far as gaming goes, uh, yeah, I've pretty much I've done a lot of it, uh, from music games to Wii Sports to a lot of uh, MMOs or just regular multiplayer games. I've pretty much done it all. And I'm looking forward to talking about it here on this podcast. Uh, what about you, Noah? Tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm a bit of a gamer myself. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, I've recently decided that I think I want to get into game journalism, like, as my career choice. And... Aside from that, play a lot of first-person shooters, probably too many, and then or too much of three first-person shooters, and then uh, a lot of JRPGs, a lot of Western RPGs, a lot of uh, puzzle games, strategy games, stuff like that. But yeah, I'm uh, excited to get get going with this podcast. I think it's going to be something special. I think it's some going to be something people will tune into uh, week after week. Speaking of first-person shooters and, uh, you know, multiplayers, uh, you want to break down Halo Infinite? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been popping off. I'm, I, Halo's back, baby. It's back. I'm, I'm having so much fun with it. Halo's most definitely back. And, you know, I think Halo 5's multiplayer was, like, good. It was solid. But I don't know what it is about this. The speed of Infinite, the feel of it. It just feels so much more like for Halo experience that we've expected. And then the campaign, hopefully, is going to be leagues better than 5's because 5 was a huge disappointment for a lot of people, for pretty much any Halo fan, I think. I'd like to talk more about the campaign uh, later on, but for now, I think I want to stick to the, the multiplayer because, I don't know, personally, I'm really enjoying it. I feel like it reminds me a lot of Reach. Um, Maybe not as far as like the progression goes. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll talk more on that here shortly. But uh, yeah, like you said, the feel of it is really good, uh, especially for controller players. Um, I guess I should have mentioned that in the about me. Um, even though I play mainly PC, I just my fingers are dumb. I can't I can't <laughs> do mouse and keyboard. I don't know what it is, but uh, I'm I'm a very adamant about playing on controller, and um, I just. I think it, it, it does, it reminds me a lot of the Reach days. Not as many game modes as I'd like, like Infection or SWAT or anything, but it still feels good, a lot better. Um, I'd, be interest, I'd be interested to see how they'll incorporate some of Five's multiplayer. I don't know if they'll bring Warzone or anything to it, but um, it, it, it just, I don't know, maybe it, it'd feel kind of slow, I think, with the way this game moves right now. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, about the controller input on halo infinite like you're golden on halo infinite like there's literally every advantage to playing on controller on halo infinite yeah so that's good the the auto aim or the aim assist is crazy <laughs> yeah um and then aside from that i think this game it feels great and it incorporates stuff from five like the thrusters and stuff but it's not like a you can always do this kind of thing and that's pretty awesome um I feel like five was like a sort of move kind of towards destiny levels of like speed because like the gravity hammer comes out in literally half a second in five. I went back and played it and I was like, God, this is so fast compared to infinite. And then 
uh, like the ground pound thing and like the shoulder charge type thing you could do in five. It's all like a little extra for probably core Halo fans. And this one shows the infinite kind of shows that you can do traditional arena shooter without it being boring or feeling slow. And uh, I'm really excited to see how things play out. Also, the grapple shot is probably the single biggest like change up to how infinite works, especially in like the Halo Championship series already. It's like already there's already some crazy plays you can see out there. Yeah, I've I've had a I've had my fair share of crazy plays with the grapple shot. Um there was one match where I was in where I grapple shot another guy grapple shotting. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. two two Tarzan <laughs> swinging at each other. <laughs> it was great. Um so yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying everything that they've added to multiplayer so far. But I think the biggest pain for everyone right now is the progression system. It it's super slow. And I think they've taken a step in the right direction with the change that they just implemented. I think it was what, uh this past Tuesday, right? Yeah, yeah. Where um your first match of the game or of the day gives you like 300 XP and it weans off up until your seven match. And then from then on it's 50 XP. So like they said, it brings the, the core players back that are, you know, wanting to grind out every day, but it rewards them more because it's not as rewarding right now. And um, I think 50 XP is still too little going forward from seven matches because no one's going to get on and play for 30 minutes and then just stop, you know? Yeah. People, if they're going to play a game, they're probably going to play for at least an hour, hour and a half. So I think they should definitely update the experience still. But I mean, definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, you, you get one guaranteed level or for playing your seven games. And then after that, it's just you're off to you're just stuck with the 50 XP and whatever your weekly challenges give you. Um, and if the weekly challenges weren't so specific or so demanding, then I feel like it might be. We might be fine with this podcast in another world, or not podcast, with this uh, progression in another world, but it's just it, it, the like perfect storm of things has happened to where it's like the progression feels off, even with these Band-Aid fixes they've been putting on. And they've acknowledged that they're going to do more to fix it, but those things cannot come soon enough, in my opinion. Yeah. I think uh, I think the weekly challenges, you're pretty spot on with how they're so specific, so it's kind of hard to grind that out. Um but I do like that they make it to where you can not only um, change the challenges, like they give you tokens to actually change that if you think something's too hard or if you're just struggling with it, but they also give you the double XP boost on their battle pass. And personally, um, I didn't do it the first week I played, and I think I kind of regret that because um, I used it for the weekly challenges this week, and I saw an abundance of XP coming in that I I didn't think would even be possible from a challenge. and. The fact that it combines not only with the weekly challenges, but with the daily experience as well, I think really helps out. Yeah. So definitely, if you have those players, <laughs> make sure you pop it before you start grinding it out, because it's going to be worth it for you. Yeah, and that's another thing. They need to not tie it to, like, base. If you pop this, you have one hour, even in the lobbies, even while matchmaking. That's just That just needs to go. It just needs to be while you're playing. I agree with that. That's a good change. Yeah, or even like 10 matches XP boost or like 5 matches XP boost would be more clear to players like what you get from using this uh, item. Depend well, it depends on what you, 
you count as a match too because not everyone's gonna I mean, if you're using it right, if you're using it, if you're trying to be as efficient as possible, you're going to pop that before going into quick play. Because quick play matches are going to be anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes. It just okay. depends on, you know, how long your your match is. But if you're popping it and going into big team battle, then uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, a, you're a special somebody. <laughs> and that's why it would be kind of good if it was a match-based thing, because you're still getting as much as you would if you were doing quick play. It doesn't matter how much time it would take. Um, True. But yeah, like you'd, you'd I feel go like, slower, but you'd still get the same amount in the end. Yeah, but it also, I feel like big team battle presents more opportunities. Like you'll find challenges where it's like, hey, you need to grapple onto an enemy vehicle and hijack it. Well, it's like, well, if you're doing quick play and you're doing capture the flag, you know, on, um, throw me a map name, I'm blanking here. Like recharge would be impossible because. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good change. I yeah. didn't think about that. It's a good one. Um, what do you what do you know about the cheating that's going on so far in the game? I, I don't know too much about it. I just know that aimbots are starting to pop up, and I know that the community manager was like, you know, any game that's free-to-play, we knew this was going to be a challenge, and we have some plans to combat it, and we've got an anti-cheat, but we take like a holistic approach is what something he said. Um, you a holistic know, approach to technology? <laughs> like, you know, kind of like... Um, like Bungie has the anti cheat, but they also have like reporting, and they also have uh ah uh, gotcha like like now you have to have the battle pass or not the battle pass, but like the season pass or the current expansion to even play trials now, like yeah. sort of like that, kind of like taking every looking at every step and seeing where cheaters can have entry points. So gotcha. yeah. that make that that would make more sense, kind of like uh what they like you said what they did with trials, where in order to actually be in trials you have to dedicate your your money towards it pretty much and i know it sounds bad but it's actually it's a, an amazing change that they did the cheater um community in destiny has definitely dropped off oh yeah lot. yeah so, um i'm really hoping that they'll do that for halo um hopefully they'll um you know incorporate a battle eye of some sort that way you know not you just don't just have the reporting system because we know reporting doesn't always work um and and if that were the case, if reporting did always work, even if you were just a good player, that would kind of suck for you because people would think you were cheating. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Halo Infinite doesn't even have a report uh, system in in game right now. Yeah, I, I don't think they have one right now either. Um, and I actually I saw a tweet I think the other day where um, someone was talking about it, but three four three hadn't responded at that point. So I think you're more up to date on it than I am. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so this campaign, what have you, uh, what have you seen from it? I'm pretty stoked for it, man. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm, I, I would be, um, lying if I said I wasn't worried just a little bit. Um, and there's multiple reasons for that. Um, for me, the biggest one, probably being Halo 5's flop of a campaign. Like it was, it was so boring. <laughs> the characters were lackluster like i don't even know what the point of spartan Locke was he was basically just like a like a side character you played in between the actual main story i felt like right yeah like the whole time you're locked you don't care that you're locked you're like oh, okay well what's master chief up to yeah <laughs> so it's just kind of stupid i feel like that was kind of a bad uh campaign decision for them but also um i'm, I'm kind of worried about it because it it's a new it's a new thing for Halo to be open world. And even an open world is like, I don't know, it depends on what you think of open world. Like, it's not going to be like Skyrim or anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
I don't think it's going to be like that. Um, I think there's still going to be kind of like a a linear kind of play, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but they've never they've never done it to where it's just a map, like a big map that you can go and explore. It's always been like level based. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how that will play out. Yeah, it's interesting because I watched like a I think Game Informer did like a 117 question interview with uh, the like senior developer or like the game director I think and they asked him so is Halo Infinite an open world game and he said no it's the most open Halo game we've ever made which was interesting because I feel like it's been marketed as this open world game but um yeah I think that's spot on I think the Halo 5 anxiety is hitting a lot of people um but from what I've seen from like from the IGN preview and from like some of the boss fights that I don't want to spoil it like it looks like almost like a metroid prime uh halo game which is awesome because like the way you have to utilize your your grapple shot or your motion sensor in some places and like there's an invisible enemy like for instance like all halos have and you can throw your motion sensor down and that actually detects where they are and it shows you where they are um which is something that's really cool and i didn't even think about how that could work in like a campaign setting since we've seen it in multiplayer but i haven't really ever used it on anyone that was like active camoed up so that's that's really cool um and then i think one thing that halo 5 also sucked at is like the squad based kind of shooter aspect of it like where you had three members on your team and they could go down and you had to revive them or whatever that kind of sucked <laughs> and it was really bad when those three people like the ai controlled people were just like up and you were down and they had no idea what to do. Like, I would rather to just die and not have to wait however long for them to maybe revive me or maybe not. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh... Well, that and, like, yeah, it wasn't like... I don't know if you've ever played Mass Effect. Um, I don't... I know we've talked about it before, but um, I know using the squad mate abilities or actually controlling your squad mates, um, it was... It felt really good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could direct them, you could have them go to cover, use abilities, stuff like that, and I feel like they definitely knew what they were doing but like you said when you go to direct a teammate in halo it's like hey why are you bringing that into halo in the first place Halo's always just been a run and gun like i'm the master chief i'm gonna yeah (laughs) mess up some aliens kind of ruins the power fantasy when you're accompanied by three lesser spartans whoever you're playing locker chief and then and yeah i was just gonna say that it's like it's the same thing like if you if you follow any of the halo lore like Master Chief squad, like they're all the same as Chief. They're all like genetically modified, but they still sucked ass. Like <laughs> it made no sense. Chief Chief is just built different. <laughs> yeah. Um. There was something you said. Uh. But anyways, uh, I think I, I I'm I'm excited for what they're gonna do. I'm excited for. The banished i hope we see i mean i hope we get some more like about everything that's going on because i don't really know anything about them at this point because i didn't play halo wars 2 sadly oh well, uh, yeah yeah i do know some lore about the banished um basically their their leader i think his name's like atriox or something like that right well, i think so i all i know is eshram is the the big bad that we've seen He's the big bad for this one, but I yeah, remember yeah. like that the main leader, his name's like um I think Atriox, and you f- I know you fight him in Halo Wars too. I never played yeah. it either, so I don't know if you like kill him or beat him or anything. Um, but I do know that basically 
he was like his views didn't align with the covenant and like the hierarchs so that's why they banished him and like mm-hmm. why they're called the banished and basically he took a bunch of his followers with him and what's crazy is they're actually so strong they were fighting two fronts of the same war they were fighting not just the UNSC but they're fighting the covenant too so i'm really i'm really looking forward to how strong this enemy is going to be cuz um it's not like the covenant were always like the bad guy but yeah. they weren't the big bad like you're always worried about the flood right so now that they're gone and it's just kind of like the covenant's weaning off it's just kind of weird i am looking forward though to not just seeing chief but um also seeing arbiter and seeing like what he's done with uh sanghelios so i remember when we left off in halo 5 they were in the midst of a civil war oh so that'll be that's that'll interesting, be interesting yeah uh the only thing i know I don't even know. I just completely blanked. Uh, but I was going to say about Mass Effect earlier, is that like controlling Liara or whoever's on your squad feels like an extension of yourself. Like sometimes you just go soldier because you know that you're going to get the people on your team that can like switch up the combat and use biotics or whatever. And yeah. that's, that was never the case in Halo 5. You just felt like they were just body shields or, you know, they were just there. <laughs> They were they were meat bags full yeah. of challenges. Yep. Uh yeah, so I don't know, we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it. Um I just, you know, like I said, Halo five kinda flopped. And uh other games too that I'm kinda was looking forward to are the reason for that. And we can talk about I'll just I'll just say the name real quick. We can talk about it another time, but one I was really, really looking forward to, but was like the biggest flop was Cyberpunk. So I'll just I'll leave that at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a disappointment of a game. Still, even with all the fixes they've put, it's just not yeah. the game they promised at all. Not at all. Yeah. But uh, speaking of games, um, game awards are this Thursday. That's right. What are you, what are you looking forward to about it? Uh, I'm looking forward to it takes two sweeping the board. <laughs> yeah, despite not wrong. despite the lawsuit that um take two. But on it takes two because they said, "Oh, that sounds like our name. We have to sue them out of out of their mind," you know. So they sued it takes two because it sounds like their name, and that's 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 the whole basis for the suit. And um, that's stupid. Yeah, it's it's stupid, but it's like I forget. It takes two a gaming company. Yeah, it's they're the um, publisher of like Rockstar Games and uh, like Two K. Um, sports and all that, all, all the sort of uh, developers under their purview. There's a lot of them. Gotcha. Um, I, I mean, I guess I could kind of see why they would do that. Like, the name is very similar, and they're both in the gaming market, but it's like one is a publisher, and the other one is just like a published title. Yeah. And I don't, and like, they're so different in regards of like the games that they make too. Like, you can't really say that they were using that name to, like, build off of, like, like to get hype from the brand. Yeah. Like, they, not once did they say, like, this is made by Take-Two or anything like that. And yeah. it's not like the, like the gameplay. The gameplay itself is amazing. Don't get me wrong. It Takes Two is a wonderful game. But I don't, when I think of It Takes Two, I don't, I don't think of the, the game publisher. Yeah, not at all. I, yeah, it's something that, like, companies have to do. Because if you have a trademark or a... Well, if you have a trademark, you have to like protect it, and if you don't protect it, 
judges will come back later and uh, I'm using my media law class that I'm taking right now it's like a big uh, help right now but yeah they would they if you don't protect your brand then eventually judges can just say well you didn't protect your brand in all these cases so you know why why would I think you're like they'll say that your brand doesn't really matter anymore like pertain to just what you do and uh yeah yeah that makes sense makes sense um i think some of the categories i'm really looking forward to for the game awards though um is probably going to be like the number one for me is the the indie i like indie games for sure um so i'm looking forward to seeing which one wins best debut indie game um personally i'm kind of shooting for valheim I also played Sable, which is another part of it. Sable was good. Haven't beaten it, but the art style's there. Uh, the music's there. The story's fun. It's it's interesting. It piqued my interest. But Valheim, for sure, I think, should take it. Um, as far as multiplayer goes, what you can do in the game, um, you know, the, the path that the creators have set for the future and how open they've been to their, um, you know, well, what's the word I'm looking forward to? Their players, their player community. Um, about what they plan on doing and like they'll they'll even tell them like hey don't get your hopes up for this or that like this is strictly what we're working on but we'll make sure like we like they're they're building it right i like it yeah i think this best debut indie um category it's like stacked with some really great talent like overall and they're all like so different like valheim kind of shows you don't need like 100 percent fidelity graphics to be like a top competitor and also they did it with such a small studio it's just insane how expansive and huge the game is um i didn't play too much of it i did the first boss fight and i was kind of carried into that by getting everything i needed to, to fight that um and i don't usually like playing games where like i get things given to me <laughs> like when i was in modern warfare 2 i my friend convinced me to join a hacked lobby and i was 10th prestige level 70 after that and i was like oh this sucks now um but yeah so i liked valheim a lot but i played more of sable and um that game's that game's beautiful and it makes you it just it just lets you hang out in the world and you and you love it you just get to experience it and explore it at your own pace and um there's nothing really pressing ever you just get to go and explore and that's something that a lot of games lack now they all have a sense of urgency or like a waypoint that you have to follow and while sable has waypoints that you can access they're never like omnipresent and um it really just encourages you to encourages you to go chase that thing in the horizon that's like glowing pink or red and uh <laughs> yeah that's that's something that's cool that's something that's like breath of the wild-esque that i really liked um and then kana it looks beautiful it looks amazing and I really wish I had a PS5 to experience it on, uh, but I don't. <laughs> and gotcha. then when it comes to the Artful Escape, that game would be a really good like hour-long movie, like a little animation. Um, but I don't think that it, I don't think that it's a great game because <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's literally Simon says like the yellow, like the like the buttons where you have to click them in order that you, mm -hmm. yeah, it's literally that. That's the gameplay. And other than that, you just walk around and do some very light platforming that's very linear. You just jump and slide. And it, you don't, and there's like choices like for dialogue. 
And those choices don't ever... They're just flavor, from my perspective. They don't ever, like, actually change anything in the game. And the narrative tries to be, like, this deep who are you, who am I type, like, question. But it doesn't hit you, the you mark You got enough. that with Sable already, so it's yeah. like... It doesn't hit the mark enough, because I feel like it could have been a very emotional story. And I just kept on comparing it to this other game I played, which I think might be my game of the year, but we'll get to that later. Gotcha. And we can move on to the next topic. We'll save a game of the year for last, I think. Um, I think I want to talk next about the, um, the best community support. I think um, so far, in my opinion... Uh, Two obviously really good ones are A, Destiny 2. They've had some amazing changes. Uh, we read TWAB every week. <laughs> yeah. And you always you always post it in our Discord <laughs> talking about what like what's what's amazing, like what's coming up, what's kind of shitty, that kind of thing. Um right. Apex Legends, I know I stopped playing for a while there. Um specifically the last season when they released Seer. Um, because I heard he was really broken and it just kind of ruined it just kind of ruined the fun of it. Um, but I think they've come a long way because I've been grinding out Apex a lot lately. And I've been thoroughly enjoying that, especially the ranked lobbies. Um, so I think those two, I mean, this it's a tough category, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, because I play those two games, but also I think an, another deserving one that I don't think is talked about enough is No Man's Sky. Um because they, do you know how long ago they released? I don't even know at this point. I feel like it was like 2017 or 2015. I don't know, somewhere around there. Yeah, so at least at least four years probably at this point. And it flopped on release, but I've been, I've been hearing good things here and there for the past couple of years about what they've been doing for their community and how they've been not just updating their game, but, you know, giving back for the players that were dedicated to it for so long and just refused to stop playing. So, I don't know. Props to them, honestly. I think they kind of deserve it. Yeah, yeah. It's been out since 2016, and it's in its fifth year, and people are still playing it, and they're still adding on to it. It's just insane. Yeah. I mean, you could say the same for Destiny, but that's two that's, very that's different true. games, I feel like. And it's one much bigger studio making Destiny yeah. 2. Originally with the support of Activision, which thankfully they're out of there now. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Um... So this one's hard for me. Uh, I think Final Fantasy XIV Online also deserves a lot, <clears throat> a lot of like recognition for what they've done and how they've built that game. Um, but I don't know anything about that. So yeah. <laughs> Apex Legends, uh, you know, I don't know that they're the best at community support. They do push out fixes to like the biggest problems, but I feel like there's some very pressing issues like audio. And um, I've noticed that lately with some of their audio issues. You don't hear footsteps sometimes. Yeah, there's a lot of things that they still need to work on. But when they released, like, the... When they, when they announced that they were getting rid of tap strafing, I was, like, getting my pitchforks ready and... <laughs> and sharpening <laughs> <Grammy> my... porches. <laughs> yeah, and I was, I was, like, really mad. But then they released, like, an essay about why they're removing tap strafing. And I was still mad, but, like... At least they took the time to really go into each and every aspect of what they've thought about when, when making this change. And they still haven't made the change because they realized that it was a much more like complex thing to take out. Um, 
but yeah, that was really huge. But I think Destiny 2 and Bungie, what they've done, just kind of wins it. Because this year was like a test. They introduced the Destiny Content Vault at the beginning of the year. And a lot of people were not happy about that. A lot of people still aren't happy about that. But I think that they've proved why it actually is a benefit more than it is a negative aspect of, of the game. And they've done that with like the mid-season patches on Stasis or on different weapon um, balancing issues. And they've used it in a way that like, I think it justifies the cost of what Destiny Content Vault took, took away. Um, that and just the transparency, like every single issue that arises in the community that's like actually serious, they pretty much always comment on it within the next like week. And I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, their developers are really active on Twitter, too. They respond to a lot of people all the time. I see it. Yeah. Um, I will say what you said about the content fault is is true. Um, I still see tweets and memes that people made. It's like, imagine getting rid of content. It's like, yeah, but you don't understand. Like, they're getting rid of content that's three years old. If you haven't played it in that three-year time, then it sucks to suck, man. Should have gotten in while the getting was good. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's the that's, I do. It's kind of how I feel to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. I guess I could. I could second that opinion. Like I said, for me, it was between No Man's Sky. Even though I haven't played it, like I've heard really good things about it and how they respond to their community. Or, yeah, Destiny Two. Uh, I lean a lot towards Destiny Two just because I play it. Yeah. And I enjoy it still. It's a game. It it's a game that when it first came out, I played it for maybe like two months, and I was like, eh, I'm just not feeling it." And then two years later, got back into it and was like, "Holy shit, this is fun!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it definitely had a rough launch, and then it benefited from Forsaken, especially. Oh, Forsaken changed the game for sure. Yeah. Rip my boy Cade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so yeah, I think we, we got it down to the top two, I think, for No Man's Sky or, or Destiny. As far as, um, what do you want to talk about next? You want to talk about best narrative, best ongoing? Let's go best ongoing. Be a nice best segue. Ongoing. Gotcha. So, uh, Genshin, you played more of Genshin, so I'll let you talk more on that. Um, but Apex, I feel like they, they definitely would be... A contender for this Warzone, I don't know. Warzone yeah. is is rifled with with cheaters, <laughs> <laughs> and just some of their updates are questionable at best. Not to mention the file size of their freaking game is ridiculous. So yeah, I think Apex takes it for me, and we've already talked about pretty much why Apex should take it. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Uh, I think your best one for this, your best suited. You've played more of these games, I'm pretty sure. I will say Fortnite is insane with what they've done i don't know i haven't played it since like the beginning of chapter two uh, i think that's what it's called and um i don't know just it's crazy how they've evolved that game over time while still kind of maintaining the same core experience uh it's, it's just insane what they've done um still don't think it's my best ongoing though uh genshin was really fun to like explore and hang out in that world because it's like a sort of like a It'll it'll hold you over until Breath of the Wild two if you if you want it to, and um, that's nice. But um, and you can pretty much do a lot without ever spending any money in it. At least when I played, uh, Warzone, I talk a lot of 
talk a lot of crap about Warzone because, you know, I think it deserves it. But I do believe that they recently implemented a little bit stronger anti-cheat. I think Ricochet is what it's called. And um, from what I hear, it's like it's doing its job. Um, it's doing what an anti-cheat does. Uh, but I just something about the core experience of Call of Duty as a battle royale does not work for me. Yeah. And and I hate I hate that you can have a whole whole ass loadout and just go pick that loadout up and then just fry everyone with your loadout that you picked up and it's like yeah. I don't know it, it's it's something weird it's something like probably specific to only a subset of people but I don't like that you can do that and I don't like the I don't like the gulag I don't like that whole uh, the aspect of where you fight fight to come back or whatever yeah 150 people and then half of them can come back at any point I kind of just and then you can go revive everyone else if you have the money to it's just like so many ways to get people back into the game in a battle royale that it's kind of annoying so i think it's obvious that my choice is apex legends from all that um yeah i think the the battle royale aspect of it is extremely polished at this point as far as some of the issues as i was just gonna say as far as battle royales go i feel like between apex and fortnite apex takes the cake in my opinion i think they should win it for sure but I I do have to get Fortnite props, like you said. They've definitely they've when you when you think of battle royales, Fortnite is definitely one of the ones that have um, implemented the most changes and have brought in different different gameplay, like uh, different strategies. Um, I think the biggest thing that they were known for for the longest time were their vehicles. Um, so just they've had boats, they've had planes, they've had mechs, like. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like Warzone, Titanfall, like <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so I will give them props <laughs> for that. Um, and just the customization of each character is crazy too. All the different skins. Um, when I was playing Fortnite, I probably sunk probably two 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 hundred dollars in that game just for the customization alone. So. And that was before they had all the licensed stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was before they had like Thanos and Naruto and all kinds of stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I got some of the OG skins. Yeah. <laughs> we'll brag about it. No bones given. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I think I think we both agree Apex should take it for best ongoing. Uh, you want to talk about... I think I want to talk about most anticipated game and yep. then finish it with uh, game of the year. Sounds good. Because uh, I know there are some good ones coming out. Um, the two I'm really looking forward to are uh, the sequel to Breath of the Wild, because I just recently finished it myself on the Switch, and I gotta say, the the story was pretty it was pretty amazing. It's kind of short. It felt short, I'm not gonna lie. Even though I probably have like 100 hours in the game. <laughs> <laughs> it still felt short to me, and the ending was... It was nice. It was, heart, it was heartfelt, but it was kind of lackluster. So I'm looking forward to what they'll bring with the sequel. Um, obviously, you'll be saving Zelda again somehow, but... Um, I think what I'm really looking forward to is Elden Ring. I am not going to have a life come February. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just gonna be grinding it. I've seen I've seen so much on YouTube about like what it has to offer as far as like the combat, the open world, the customization. It's just it's it's Dark Souls and Breath of the Wild had a beautiful baby and I just I can't wait to raise it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um 
I'm really excited for... I didn't ever play Horizon Zero Dawn, but Forbidden West looks just absolutely beautiful from the footage I've seen. Um, but Ragnarok, I've always loved God of War. I did not beat the PS4 God of War, uh, which is, you know, the direct predecessor to this one. But I love, I love God of War 3, God of War 2. The original trilogy is just, like, amazing. And even the PSP games are, like, actually good PSP games. Um, so it's really tough. Also, they got Thor in Ragnarok, and he's looking like a, a beast. And he's got my body type almost. If I just beefed he's up still, a little he bit. Look, he looks like actual Thor. He doesn't look like Crim's Hemworth. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. the muscles and everything. Yeah, no. If you if you're ever actually like interested in Norse mythology, dude, Thor is this big, fat, strong, bearded beast of a man. So I think they're gonna do him right in this upcoming game. Like Robert Baratheon. After yes. <laughs> after Yes. Uh, Hopefully he won't get stuck by a pig though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um yeah, I was, I was probably just... my I was just going to say, uh, for God of War, I only ever played one game, and it was a PSP game, and even the PSP game was fun, so yeah, that one, I think that one's going to be good, even though I've never played. Do you want to talk about Starfield at all, or you just kind of want to leave Bethesda where it belongs? <laughs> Starfield is, uh, you know, they're releasing all these, like, little mini documentaries about it uh, right now. Yeah. And I've been fooled by those little mini documentaries that Bethesda's put out way too many times. Um, I can still remember ex- the exact words that like Todd Howard used when he like when he unveiled Fallout Four, and he was like, "This is it. No menus, no cursors. Just directly edit your character's face or whatever." Uh, when he's talking about the character customization. He's like, it just works, and I hate that shit because that game. It just works. That game does not work. <laughs> and that game, he always talks about having like these believable worlds where, you know, everyone has a routine, and blah blah. blah. And the games never, f- I never get that feeling that I'm living in a lived-in world where like things are happening. They all feel well, so procedural and like it's kind. Of, it's kind of hard to get that feeling when the fucking AIs are just tripping on an apple and walking in place. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I think I yeah. go ahead, go ahead. I think it just has the same problem that Cyberpunk has, is where you have all this ambition and you say all this shit before launch, and then it's it's a good game afterwards after you fix every bug, but it's not the experience you promised, and that's the problem I have with these ambitious RPGs that are often just reaching too much in the marketing and then they they're not even spoke, supposed to be that game it feels like when you play it i will say i'm looking forward because you know with bethesda games there's always going to be bugs of some sort i'm a looking forward to seeing what bugs are game breaking and b the modding community is so vast and there's so many talented individuals i i am just so looking forward to dying in Starfield and then waking up on a carriage in, <laughs> in Skyrim. Yeah. That's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I will say that one of the developers, I think it might have been Todd Howard, he said that there's two coming out of the vault moments, like in Fallout 3 when you first leave the vault in Starfield. And that that gets me excited, and I hate that that gets me excited because I'm going to be let down, but that's, that's awesome. Because like when you first leave the vault in Fallout 3, it's like an experience. It's like a moment, and I love that. 
Yeah, I think it's kind of the same with Fallout 4 when you leave the vault. Because you go up, you literally go up on a giant elevator and then you're just hit with the, the sun ray right in your face. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can see how that can be hopeful. I honestly, I don't know too much about Starfield. I just know normally with Bethesda games, there's always something that goes wrong. And there's a reason that you have to download a mod that says, like, Skyrim, but better. Yeah. <laughs> like, it fixes all their bugs. <laughs> yeah, I think Bethesda's really good at intros. Their intros to their games are, like, top-notch. And then afterwards, it's like, okay, here's, like, some really good quest lines. And then kind of mediocre main story. I will say, out of every other studio, Bethesda is the best at selling me the same game five times yeah <laughs> i've bought skyrim so many times i'm kind of over it at this point i'm like why am i even buying this <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so what do you think what do you think is most anticipated then for you i'm gonna say elden ring even though i didn't talk much about it i am excited for an open world uh from software game i played through dark souls 2 and 3 uh like all bosses and... Who, who is it that's helping write Elden Ring? The oh, yeah, George R. R. Martin. Yeah, that's going to be good. Yeah, speaking of Game just, of Thrones. Just Dark Souls, Dark Dark Souls, Game of Thrones, just less penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that just brings us to the final one for Game Awards, which is just Game of the Year. And uh, honestly, for me, it's, it's Hazelite Studios, it takes two. Out of all the other options, Deathloop, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts, Ratchet and Clank, and then Resident Evil Village. Um, did I, I think you played Village, right? No, I didn't play it. I watched a lot okay. of it. I didn't play it. Gotcha. I, I just, wanted to. Yeah. I know. Uh, Resident Evil games, they're they're with Capcom. They're they're always pretty good normally. Um, I've never really played them personally but i have watched youtubers before play them yeah and they are interesting they are fun to watch they're fun to watch people react to them but i don't know man just something about it takes two the the versatility and the the different game like game modes within the game that it brought and the the effect it had on my psyche with some, with some of the decisions <laughs> we had to make yeah uh for those of you viewers who don't know me and uh noah here uh we've we play together a lot and it Takes Two was one that we got, what, like around March of this year? April yeah, of this year? Yeah. Pretty early on, and we played, and even though we didn't beat it, I still I still want to go back and beat it. I, I do too, yeah. It's got, I, I think it's mine also. I didn't play any, other, any of the other games here, I gotta say. Don't have a PS5, so I couldn't play Ratchet and Clank. Don't have my Switch, so I couldn't play Metroid Dread. And uh, didn't have the money for Deathloop or Village. Uh, Village, for me, looked like a step back from Resident Evil 7 because I'm a big horror guy, and Resident Evil 7 was, like, so good in terms of the horror it presented. And Village looked like kind of like a campy... I mean, Resident Evil 7 was campy, but Village looked like it was specifically more about the action, um, which just wasn't 100% doing it for me. Uh, but it takes two amazing game it, it switches the like main mechanics that you're dealing with every single area you enter so you're never doing the same thing and it never feels like stale like with other games i can probably point to like a specific part of the game that's like okay this part's dragging 
Like if I look at The Last of Us, anytime I have to move things around, climb, it's like, okay, why am I doing this? Uh, or like, you know, there, there's always like filler parts of games, it feels like. But It Takes Two does not have that. It's either you're doing something and your characters are talking about it, or you're watching a little cutscene that's like the most fantastically animated cutscene you've ever seen. And Ooh, it's perfect. With the book and the <laughs> Spanish guitar. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And I, I gotta say, um, like you said, where it's just like there's filler moments in some of those games, I never felt like there was a filler moment in It Takes Two. Um, you not only have the main game, but the the characters the way they interact the way they talk to each other and then like in between each level there's also mini games that you can play for points yeah dude i i feel like we played more of the mini games than we did the real game yeah <laughs> and they they feel so good to control too like moving around in that game feels amazing and i'm i love movement in any game and it feels so good to like do like a roll into another roll into a jump or anything like that it feels so smooth and fluid and you know, I'm sure a lot of the other games on this list deserve it, but It Takes Two is my favorite from this category that uh, the right. Game Awards picked. I think we should uh, we should schedule a stream where we both are playing, and then those of you who are viewing or listening to us, uh, either on Spotify or watching us on YouTube, one or the other, you should uh, you should look out for that notification. Hopefully, we can do that soon. That'd be cool. What oh, do you think, yeah. Noah? Yeah, no, for sure, that'd be fun. But I think, uh, yeah, I think we're pretty much solid on. The Game Awards. Um, just to wrap up, I guess you want to talk about what we've been playing? Yeah, yeah let's do that. Um, well, together we've been playing a lot of Apex, a lot of Halo. Yeah. Um, grinding that Some Destiny stuff. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Some Destiny 2. It's been a while for me. And then I've been playing Valorant, well, starting like two days ago. And How's that going? It's not, that... it's not my game. It's not yeah. my game at all. <laughs> Um, like as much as I like first person shooters and abilities and like you know, sort of like a hero arena shooter type games, it's just it's so like slow paced but also fast paced. And if you turn a corner, you either click on someone's head or you get clicked on and you're dead. And I don't like games with extremely low time to kill. And yeah, it's just you that. would not you would not like Rainbow Six Siege then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I might even like that a little bit more just because it's, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I feel like you have a little bit more of a fighting chance. Yeah. The aiming is a lot different too, um, I feel like. Yeah. Like with any first-person shooter, because Valorant's first-person, but it's not, if that makes sense. It's kind of like a Doom-esque type game. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Rainbow Six, I don't think really feels like that. Yeah, like, it's more, like, very static. It feels like an older game, and, like, it's just... You're very, like, static when you move around the screen or anything. Like, there's not a lot of animation going on. Um, yeah. I, w I would say... What we've been playing as far as, like, solo games go, because obviously we've been playing a lot of Apex and Halo, like you said... I, for the longest time, was playing Breath of the Wild. Like, I would see y'all playing Destiny 2, and I'd just be like, nope, like, I'm just gonna grind out Breath of the Wild. And I gotta say, even though it's an old game, definitely up there in my top games that I've played. The story was fantastic. The music and the graphics were beautiful. Um, trying to go and solve all the puzzles and fighting monsters and 
uh, you know, having to like, oh, well, this weapon spawns in this location every now and then, so I'll go and grab that before I go and fight like that. And then, I don't know, just the the mechanics itself for the gameplay were, were really fun. I If you haven't played it, definitely, if you have a Switch, A, go and get Breath of the Wild. But if you don't have a Switch, go and buy a Switch and then buy Breath of the Wild. <laughs> like, if you're a gamer, you'll you'll enjoy it, trust me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then so the game I've been playing a lot. I haven't played it for like three weeks, but Yakuza Like a Dragon, it's an amazing JRPG, and it takes so much from like Dragon Quest and like Shin Megami Tensei type games, and it just creates like this amazing world set in our world, but it's a little more fantastical, and you just get to explore Japan while you're doing it, uh, while you're like going on this epic quest, and it's such a good game. It's such a good game. There's no other game where you can play, where you, where you can have a homeless man in your party who breathes fire onto other people, <laughs> but then also touchingly explores what homelessness is and why it's so um, tough to live in, and like why it's a tough condition to like live in, and but also have these like stupid, comical, crazy ways of depicting the homeless man in other situations. It's really great. Um, I remember watching you play it the one day, and I, I literally, I just hop in the stream, and I just see four dudes pissing into a river, and oh, yeah. you, have to get, you have to guess which one is actually pissing, you're like, Lane, which one do you think it is? And, and I remember I used my, my real life logic to pick it, because it was the dude, it was the dude who wasn't like, going back and forth, or doing something that, like super crazy, it was just the dude who every now and then you just see a little shake, and yeah. I'm like, I know that shake, that's the cutting it off, you, you, you gotta shake it off shake. Yeah, it's got some really <laughs> and, great and I was right! Yeah. Was yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, I feel like that's a great game too. Alright, so um, if you're listening, how about you tell us what you've been playing, and you can tell us in the comments below if you're viewing on YouTube, and if not, uh, you can tweet at us using the hashtag supercharged uh, tag, and you can add either vuvuzela21, that's V-U-V-U-Z-E-L-A-2-1, or Tarnation Game, and that's Tarnation underscore G-A-M-I-N, no G. Yep, and that's, uh, that's all we've got for you today, guys, so thanks for listening. We'll see you next week, and we look forward to hosting for you on the Supercharged Podcast. Take care.